1: Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. Today's episode, we continue our ride guide series with the new rides at Epcot: Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Final episode of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com or anywhere you find podcasts, and we really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. Shout out and thank you to Serena Awe and Beeswave for your recent reviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Deciphered, where you can receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing Joseph Chung at travelnation.net. If you have any questions, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at ww.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram DisneyDeciphered. Disney Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies.
0: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
1: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie and I have now both experienced the new attractions at epcot remy's ratatouille adventure and guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind so we thought now is the time to do our first ride guide for attractions in epcot for those of you who haven't listened to ride guides before we go through an attraction talk about everything for the attraction, including spoilers. We talk about the premise, what you need to know, what you need to know for your kids. If if you're thinking of having them try the attraction, what you need to know about how to minimize your weight in line. We cover all of those things with spoilers, although we will go light ish on cosmic rewind spoilers, but we will still be spoiling part of the ride. So we'll do that one second just in case, just in case you don't want to hear spoilers for cosmic rewind. And then at the end of us going through the attraction, we will give it a tier grade from S through F, S being the best and F being the worst, S-A-B-C-D-F. Thank you, video games, for that. All right, before we get started, Leslie, we have some Patreons to thank, so please tell us who we're thanking and what Patreon is.
0: So today we want to thank new Patreon supporter Amy C., you can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. We really do appreciate everybody who's supported the podcast over the years. It means so much to us.
1: Yeah, and we had a lot of fun doing our live trip reports for our patrons. So if you'd like to get those, although we don't have Actually, I guess we do have trips planned, but just not the traditional Disney trips planned. Uh, If you want to hear our trip reports live, uh, you can check those out. Those are for patrons only at any level.
0: Reminder, Joe, I'm going to Disneyland Paris in August. So we're going to have some trip reports from that.
1: No, that's what I meant. Like, it's not traditional, though. You're going to Disneyland Paris. I'm going on a Disney cruise. You know, it's not it's not the normal East Coast, West Coast by Disney, Disney trip report.
0: It's more exciting than that. Come on
1: yes yes spoiler alert spoiler alert speaking of spoiler alerts let's get to the ride guide and let's start with remy's ratatouille adventure you can find this you can find this attraction at the france pavilion in epcot and it opened in august of 2021 it's a copy of the attraction that is at park disney studios in disneyland paris which is again where you will be going later this summer the premise. From Disney says, feel like you've shrunk down to Chef Remy's size for a 4D culinary adventure based on the Disney and Pixar film Ratatouille. When you're small, life is a big adventure. That's probably the best premise we've read so far, Leslie.
0: That's pretty succinct. I think I know what it is from that. (laughs) So we should also say that there's no height requirement for this ride. This is a classic dark ride in a way where, you know, you can bring babies and toddlers and whatnot aboard. Definitely something to keep in mind in deciding it. So let's just dive on into the queue then, right?
1: Yeah, let's start with the negative part of the queue. If you've ever been to France and been in a French garden, it's like being in one of those except for you're in a gigantic line with a bunch of switchbacks and there's very mild shade and the switchbacks are tight i have never stood in that portion of the queue and i'm thankful because it looks really hot uh, out there now when you get inside the building It gets a little bit nicer. Leslie, you did Lightning Lane, right? So you didn't go through this part of the queue?
0: Right. I never went through this part of the queue, but yeah, I mean, you know, I got to experience a little bit of it in Lightning Lane. You kind of walk through a similar uh, section of it when you go through Lightning Lane, but I I have taken a peek and kind of, feel like you're in a building in Paris and you have wood paneled and wallpapered hallways. And there is a scene that you see in both the Lightning Lane line and the regular queue where where you kind of look like you're coming outdoors, you're indoors, but, but it looks like it's outdoors and you're Overlooking Paris, and you see the big lighted neon sign of Gusto, like you would see from the movie, overlooking the city. So you have that little bit of a scene. Um, it's not a super interactive cue. I mean, there's another little room that you come into that has a lot of cheese and some animations where the rats are boarding a ride vehicle to show you what's coming up ahead. But not not a super interactive cue, but not completely boring either.
1: Huh images showing what's coming up ahead something that a later attraction on this episode probably should have done (laughs) so good for remy's ratatouille adventure yeah so eventually you're going to pick up your 3d glasses i should also note since it's the theme of the summer the ac in this queue is pretty nice in my experience ride capacity theoretically the attraction should be able to take 2200 per hour and so you know that is a pretty good throughput but Like all Disney attractions recently, and especially these trackless rides, which Remy's is, there have been breakdowns. There are breakdowns. And when you have to deal with that, they start accommodating the Lightning Lane people more, which means the standby queue gets very backed up. All right. So we've gotten to the attraction. Like you said, the ride vehicles are shaped to look like very cute rats a little bit of oxymoron but i'll go with it it's trackless like i just said it's using magnets sorry to break the magic similar to mickey and minnie's runaway railway rise of the resistance it's three in the front and three in the back and tell us what happens on the ride spoilers incoming
0: that's right. So you board these ride vehicles and set off um, on these tra- trackless vehicles, and you first see the ghost of Gusto who says, Chef Remy's waiting for you this way, and sort of escorts you. In And then you meet Remy, who's standing on top of a roof in Paris, trying to decide what to cook. And suddenly when he settles on Ratatouille, the skylight opens and he falls into the kitchen from the movie. And then the chase is on. You have Linguini, who's trying to hide him. And, you know, and he's trying to sort of stay out of sight of this, this kitchen. And he goes from the kitchen into kind of the the cooler, the, the pantry or the icebox and And all of these other rats are there consuming the food and Lingini is trying to continue to hide them. So you're kind of scampering through this kitchen. At one point you go under the stove and you feel the heat of the stove. And then you go into the main dining room where Ego, the food critic is, and Chef Skinner's trying to impress him and then spots... You, the rat in the dining room. Additional chases ensue. You escape into the walls, and finally, a happy scene where rats are cooking in the kitchen and a giant celebration dinner of ratatouille is prepared. So you're going from all these different scenes. You know the trackless vehicles are moving into different nooks and crannies, and then you're you're seeing what's happening on a screen and experiencing it. And you know, I guess what Disney calls 4D. So <laughs> that's sort of how it works. So it's a little bit of movement and then a little bit of screen action like so many attractions at many theme parks are these days
1: i feel like this is the most screen-based attraction i mean i guess toy story mania is a bit more screen-based but on that attraction you know you're playing games so that's a little bit different but i feel like out of all the attractions this is the most screens and my kids actually did not really love it um, because of that what are your impressions on that front.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the most for Disney, but when you compare it to, say, like a universal screen based attraction, it still wasn't too much to me. So I guess it's just sort of what you're used to. I certainly felt like I was moving a lot. I didn't think it was that much more screen than Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, but maybe that was just my perception.
1: Yeah, maybe you're right. And maybe the sets in Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway look different to me. There are a couple of very nice parts of the set for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure like you have all the big food you really get the sense of scale that you're small like rat size that part is really nice. So let's talk about who this attraction is for. I really feel like everyone should try this attraction um, regardless of age height I mean they're the normal you know do not ride if you're pregnant or have back issues type warnings because you know the vehicles are moving around but it's not like you're jerking around very quickly or anything like that although you know of course heed the warnings um as they are but it just seems like a attraction that everyone should theoretically like uh, my kids don't love it i mean they're willing to go on it but they're they're not like it's their favorite ride or anything like that but it's very cute the story is very well done you may not like the attraction if you're bothered by screen based or 3d stuff but i still think everyone should try this attraction at least once what do you think leslie
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And it was a big hit with my son. He, you know, of course, doesn't like thrill rides, but he does like dark rides. And he did really like the the theming and the characters. And I I still am impressed by the trackless ride vehicles. (laughs) I mean, I guess I've been on quite a few of them now at this point, but I like the feeling and the movement of those. So it was well done for me.
1: Definitely. All right, so let's talk about how to minimize your wait time on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Right now, until August 7th, 2022, according to Disney, although we're crossing our fingers that they will extend this, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is part of Genie Plus. Will it return to paid lightning lane? I guess if it does return to paid lightning lane, then all parks are going to go back to two paid lightning lanes per park, but we will see. While it's on Genie Plus, this definitely is one of the Genie Plus Lightning Lanes that you want to book first. I think if it moves back to, and I'm sorry to have to speculate on this, but Disney does not tell us, if it does move back to individual attraction selection, you know, pay separately for it, Lightning Lane, I don't think it'll be as much of a priority. You know, you're going to have to get stuff like Rise of the Resistance or Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind first. But as of right now, it's part of Genie Plus. You really want to get it as, you know, you're first, second, and at worst, third attraction at Epcot. You know, it's Test Track, it's Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, and Frozen Ever After. But Remy's is definitely more popular than Frozen right now.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I think if you really want to ride it, book it first. I don't think there's any guarantee it'll necessarily be around for a second and third selection if, you know, you're there on a busy day, something like that, or if it breaks down or whatever. So uh, definitely, keep that in mind. We, we booked it first and it worked out. It's also occasionally possible to find this on a refresh if you're working the system hard, but no guarantees.
1: Yeah. One other note on Genie Plus listener Katie told us that she feels like Remy's is slinky dog levels of Genie Plus stress. So definitely if you want to ride Remy's, get it first on your genie plus otherwise you might have to keep refreshing and just hope that you get lucky now for standby line strategies if you're going to try to rope drop it you have to go via the international gateway that's the only way that you have a chance but because the international gateway is in france a lot of people will go straight from the international gateway to remy's ratatouille adventure so you really want to be there 45 minutes maybe even an hour in advance of the early theme park entry time to get in. For those of you who are unaware, the International Gateway is the back entrance of Epcot, which you can walk to from Boardwalk Inn, Yacht and Beach Club, Swan and Dolphin, and that is where all those Crescent Lake Resort guests enter Epcot from. If you're trying to rope drop it, you really want to be there 45 to an hour in advance of early theme park entry. Other than that, the lines drop a little bit towards the end of the day, and... At the very end of the night, and at the very least at the end of the night, you're not standing in the hot sun if the queue is still outside. But right now, if you don't want to wait in line, Genie Plus is the way to go because it is the second most popular ride in Epcot right now. And only second most popular because Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind just opened.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's move on to our rankings of this, Joe. I think we might actually diverge a little bit on this. So curious to hear what yours is.
1: Yeah, I'm very mixed on this attraction. I think I would put it as a B tier attraction for me personally. I actually would not prioritize it first in Genie Plus just because for my family and even for myself, if I do not get onto this attraction, uh, I'm not going to be upset about it. Obviously the first time I ever went, I really wanted to try it. But right now I think I would prefer Soren to this. I would prefer Frozen Ever After to this. I would definitely prefer Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind to this, although that's in a different thrill tier of attraction yeah i would say it's a b tier once the lines for this attraction start dying down and hopefully they do start dying down i would be happy to ride it every single time I'm at epcot but right now the way that the lines are i'm okay to skip it which makes it a b tier attraction for me what about you leslie
0: Got it. That makes sense. Um, I mean, I put it as an A for me just because I did really like the ride vehicles and the theming, and I, I hear you on it being too popular right now necessarily for for what it is. So I'm kind of bracketing that, I guess, and making my rating. But it was a, a huge hit with my eight-year-old son and definitely going to be looking forward to riding it in Disneyland Paris. So maybe once it loses its novelty, maybe I won't necessarily prioritize it as much. And But I guess part of me also feels like gosh it really does fill a void of there needing to be a ride in that section of Epcot I mean there's nothing <laughs> there really was nothing there and so some of it is is like I feel like Epcot's finally starting to get filled out a little bit with some additional rides so I guess I'm I'm giving it credit for that
1: yeah, definitely. And shout out to the Disneyland Paris version. There's an actual Gusteau's restaurant. And when you come out of the attraction, you are looking into that restaurant. I feel like that fits very well. I know they didn't have the space for it at Walt Disney World, but a little bit of a missed opportunity there, even though I know people really like the Creperie, but that's not the same as being able to actually dine at Gusteau's like maybe you will do I don't know how ADRs work in Disneyland Paris I don't this either I need to
0: look now <laughs>
1: yeah, this is not Disneyland Paris deciphered so we're gonna move on all right so let's move on to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind this can be found in World Discovery which is formerly the left side which is also the east side because Epcot faces south on the map section of future world it just opened memorial day 2022 it is a thrill ride the first roller coaster to ever grace epcot's shores uh, much to the chagrin of epcot purists Uh, it has a height requirement of 42 inches and disney says take off on an intergalactic chase through space and time with the guardians of the galaxy So let's start by saying again that we will be spoiling this attraction and it is brand new. So uh, if you don't want to hear it, even though we're not going to go through blow by blow spoilers like we do for most of these attractions, you can just tune out here and skip to Disney do or don't check out the timestamps for that. Leslie, uh, the funny thing is I find it difficult to spoil this attraction because there is a lot going on and I had a little bit of trouble following it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I didn't do a ton of research before I went on this trip and then only was able to ride the attraction once. And I feel just as confused. (laughs) as I was when I entered. There's just too much going on. They they tried to create so much backstory to sort of make it fit into Epcot, to sort of fit that square peg in the round hole that I I really don't know what the backstory is. And I think it's going to go over the heads of 99% of guests other than, you know, I guess like the reporters who are there trying to figure it out. So yeah, why don't you try to to be a little bit of that 1% Joe and explain some of it.
1: Ostensibly, you're entering the Wonders of Xandar Pavilion, which is set up just like the pavilions and world showcase it's like you're visiting France but now you're visiting the wonders of Xandar so Xandar apparently paid Disney its tourism dollars to build a uh, pavilion where you can learn about Xandar and you want to go visit there so the queue although I did this attraction twice the first time I did it with virtual queue but there was no line so I just walked through the queue very quickly and the second time it was lightning lane so I skipped most of the queue the queue goes through the wonders of Xandar pavilion imagine what you would put in a pavilion for a country in the world well it's just that except for it is for another planet so you walk through this like planetarium type room which is called a galaxarium where they tell you a little bit about Xandar and how they're learning the culture of Terrence. oh Xandar is a planet by the way uh, if we didn't make that clear that exists in the Guardians of the Galaxy and MCU and then you end up in a gallery where you know you'll see a model of Xandar, projection mapping model of Xandar, and then also you'll see screens show- showcasing their culture. It's almost like you're walking through a mini Xandarian museum, and their interviews playing, you know, it's like you're walking through a museum except for it's a museum for a planet that doesn't exist. So, finally, you get to the pre-show, and the pre-show, you're going to have multiple people talking to you. First, Glenn Close, who is Nova Prime who by the way I think is dead in the movies or at least it's implied so I'm not sure what's going on there or maybe she does maybe she survived spoiler alert but she starts talking about the tech about how you can go visit Xandar using this thing called a cosmic generator you're going through jump holes which if you've seen the Guardians of the Galaxy or any of the Marvel movies they have those hexagon things and the hexagon opens up and the ships go through them it's like hyperspace but the MCU version of hyperspace so blah 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 science 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 and then Terry Crews is there to give you a briefing on what you're going to be doing. So Terry Crews, how'd you feel about him?
0: Terry Crews is always awesome. I always liked Terry Crews. Terry Crews made the made the pre-shows. I didn't understand what was going on anyway, but I understood that we had to, to hurry and get out and escape.
1: Yeah, so Terry Crews is cracking jokes, and then a Celestial which is a gigantic alien being that is larger than a planet, steals the cosmic generator, which is the thing that you need or whatever. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. They crack some jokes and, and Rocket is like, we need these Terrans to go in their capsules or whatever and chase this bad guy. And that is what gets the attraction going. Now, there's some cool effects in the pre-show. Like you look like you walk into a room and then the lights turn off and then you're somewhere else. I'm trying, I'll try not to spoil this here since it's pretty cool. My son was like kind of blown away by what happened. And so we got to talk a little bit about pre-show design, but there are two pre-shows. And then once you're through those two pre-shows, you get loaded into your ride vehicles. And so talk to us a little bit about the ride vehicles, Leslie, and you know, what's unique about them. So
0: each ride vehicle holds four people, two by two, and these are not your normal coaster sort of sitting straight on a track. They spin.
1: I think at this point, this is where your son started closing his eyes and you had to help him throughout the. Attraction, like, did you miss most of the attraction? I, I mean,
0: because, I missed. Uh, so the a four, lot. I
1: should say, the four of us wrote it together. Uh, the second time that my son and I, I wrote it.
0: Yeah, I missed a lot because I was tending to my son, and I was, I was worried that he was going to be freaking out, which he was. And you know, I did try to pay attention, but I also was trying to make sure he was at least okay. He had his head down the entire ride from like the moment we launched. So you know, spoiler alert: this is a reverse launch coaster, and you know, I didn't really know how intense it was going to be. I, I, I was kind of thinking Seven Dwarfs Mine Train level, but it's a step above that. I mean, it was thrilling. I really, really enjoyed the ride so smooth. And I wasn't really aware, though, of sort of the storyline that I was traveling through because, you know, again, was trying to make sure my kid was okay and trying not to be a terrible parent, you know, better parent than I was Disney blogger that day.
1: Yeah, if you've been on Hyperspace Mountain, I would say it's similar to that experience. Leslie, you've done that, right? Would you uh, agree with that?
0: Yeah, I've done that. I mean, it's a little bit of a different feeling of a coaster. But yeah, in terms of the number of drops and it's more curves than it is giant drops, I'd say.
1: The reason why I bring up Hyperspace Mountain is because you kind of don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of stuff being projected on screens and a lot of stuff being blasted into your ears and you're kind of piecing together a story from all of that. And so it is the Guardians of the Galaxy, so they're going to play music. So I'm going to spoil the six songs that they're playing here, although I did not look at them before I went on the attraction. Hit the 30 second fast forward. It's September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Disco Inferno by The Tramps. Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, which I wish I had gotten that one. One Way or Another by Blondie. I Ran So Far Away by A Flock of Seagulls. And Conga by Gloria Estefan. And they also just announced that over Christmas, they'll be adding some Christmas-themed music as well, or holiday-themed music. I think it will be Christmas, but we're not sure to the attraction. So that music is playing in your ears as you are going. The best way I can describe it is you are just going through all these jump points, you launch backwards, but as the coaster is moving around, your vehicle is spinning around. So a lot of times your vehicle is not facing the direction that you are traveling, and it's not even facing the 180 degrees direction that you're traveling. You might be facing forward, but you're going to the left, if you know what I'm describing can make sense. And I'm not sure how they did the tech, but you it feels like you're in a gigantic room. But unlike Space Mountain, a large portion of this room is having projections of like the celestial chasing you or planets that are nearby and so there's a lot of stuff to look at which causes i think some of the issues that we're going to talk about in a second there are two particularly tough sections if you get motion sick like i do and that is you go on one of those spirals really it's kitty coasters that often have these spirals but your ride vehicle is facing inwards and there's a planet projected there and so you're staring at that planet as you're going around it and as anyone who's played that dizzy bat game before knows um, that can make you sick um, pretty quickly but overall like you said it's a thrilling ride it goes really fast the wind is blowing all the time don't wear your hats but my son loved the attraction so we had to go on twice now because it's so thrilling and because as I am alluded to before, Disney does not do a good job of warning you how thrilling this attraction is going to be. We have to, unlike all the other attractions we've done, take a little pause here to give a motion sickness warning because people have been having trouble with this.
0: Yeah, people have been having a lot of trouble and, you know, I have vertigo, you do too, so we were both kind of (laughs) going into this with a little bit of trepidation and, and, you know, I had gotten the tip to, you know, be sure to watch the track in front of you because it isn't as dark as something like Space Mountain because you do have all those projections and scenes that are going on. It gives you a little bit of backlighting. So I did try to watch the track so that I wasn't getting turned around and and getting too too spun around because I just didn't know how I was going to react to it the first time. And it did not make me sick. It didn't necessarily give me vertigo. But I will say that when I stepped off of the ride, I felt like I did when you step off of a cruise ship onto land for the first time after a while. So I definitely felt a little bit dizzy, you know, just for a couple of minutes until I got my equilibrium again. But there have been a lot of reports of people getting off and, you know, cast members having to give barf bags to people. This is something that people should be aware of. But it didn't bother me. But perhaps that is because I was going in with a little bit of preparation.
1: Yeah. And we should say here... If you do not like thrill rides like Leslie's son or you get motion sick or vertigo very easily, uh, you may not like this attraction. Even though it's a ton of fun and there's a lot of fun stuff going on, this just might not be the attraction for you. Maybe you ride it once and you don't need to ride it ever again. I don't think I'm in that category, even though I get motion sick and I have some vertigo issues as well. But I'm definitely in the I am going to ride it again because I know my kids enjoy that attraction. Category Not, uh, I'm going out of my way to ride this every single time. Another reason why people are getting sick is because this is Epcot and people are loading up on food and alcohol and then going on this attraction. I can definitely see how that can cause issues. It's caused so many issues that they have put trash cans right when you exit. The vehicle. Now I did the attraction both times on an empty stomach. So I was okay. I didn't get sick or anything like that. But another thing that is really annoying, and I'm not sure who designed this, but when you get off the attraction, you have to walk up two flights of stairs and then walk back down two flights of stairs. Like if you're disoriented, that is not going to make you feel good. And so that's another thing to be aware of as well. Although there is an elevator for those who need assistance. And I don't know. Not not the greatest design I've seen in my life.
0: Yeah, I didn't like that either because I was feeling a little bit dizzy at that point, And I was like, is this what I should be doing? So I remember holding on pretty tightly to the railing as I ascended the stairs. But basically, by the time I was out of the attraction and into the fresh air, I felt fine again. So it was only the part where I felt like dizzy and a little bit disoriented that I was climbing stairs. So thanks, Disney.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not good design. I think the ride vehicle must go under there on the way out. That's the only reason why I can imagine why they... Don't build it so that you go through there. Now, who the attraction is for? If you are a roller coaster lover, if you love the Guardians of the Galaxy, it has the same positive vibes as all the Guardians of the Galaxy have. It's a ton of fun. I had a lot of fun on the attraction. Like I said, my son loved it so much. He went on twice. Leslie, you probably would have gone on twice if your son, you know, Oh yeah. hate it with every fiber of his being. Right? Yeah,
0: no, yeah. I want to do this ride several more times. I mean, I liked it a lot. I liked the feel of it. I wanted to sort of figure out more of the story. This is going to be one where I return. And my I think my 13-year-old who loves coasters is going to be super excited to ride this when we get to take her. So this is going to be a ride or switch ride probably for the next several years. And I will be definitely doing it many more times. I, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, that means she can go on at least twice. So since you want to ride it so much, let's talk about the ways that you can ride it. So obviously it's a brand new attraction at Epcot. It is currently Individual Attraction Selection, a.k.a. Paid Lightning Lane. How much does it cost right now at time of recording and what are your strategies for Paid Lightning Lane?
0: It's $17 right now, which makes it the most expensive of the paid Lightning Lanes. Rise is still at 15 so this is Disney pushing the upper limit at Walt Disney World. So definitely, you know, I think worth it while it's so new and popular, even with the, the high sticker price. Strategy-wise, I mean, you have to buy it pretty early, but it's not one of those ones that's going to sell out like in the first 30 seconds. You have a couple of minutes. But if you want to go, I'd say sort of earlier in the day, you do need to be, quick at 7am to make sure that you can get kind of the time that you want.
1: Yeah, we forgot to mention that the estimates are, no one knows for sure, but the estimates are that this attraction takes like 2,000 to 2,500 people per hour. And I think that's why the individual lightning lane actually is a better situation than, say, Rise of the Resistance. Because I don't think they sell as many Rise of the Resistance paid lightning lanes because that attraction breaks down so much. Cosmic Rewind, over the four days that I was there, and I'm not sure about after when you were there later if you checked it out, but it only broke down once, maybe twice. So it does not break down that often, of course, it broke down for us, but when we were planning on queuing a ride, but because the attraction is more reliable, it takes more people. I think that's why you don't have the, you must buy the lightning lane in three seconds. Otherwise you have no chance for the day.
0: Exactly. But if you are staying off site, I mean, this is not going to be a lightning lane that you're able to purchase. You have to be on site. It's going to be gone by the time that you're eligible.
1: Great point. Now, what does disappear in one, two, three seconds is the virtual queue. Right now, as of recording, Cosmic Rewind is only on a virtual queue. Of course, that will end eventually as all the virtual queues have. But the way that works is you have to have a reservation at Epcot and then you have to join the virtual queue exactly at seven o'clock on the dot. Use time.gov to help you with that. Fastest finger gets the best virtual queue spot, but you have to be super fast with it at seven o'clock boarding groups sell out in one to three seconds a boarding group again is basically a return time but it's a return time to get you into the queue the standby queue that exists at that moment. Although people have not been waiting longer than 30 to 45 minutes max. And in the morning, like I got a pretty early boarding group. When I went, it was essentially a walk on we waited five to 10 minutes. Now the bad news is the one to three seconds you have in the morning. But the good news is Leslie, the 1pm virtual queue has been lasting a little longer. Tell us what that 1pm virtual queue is and what people's experience with that has been.
0: So that 1 p.m. Uh, virtual queue drop is a little bit more generous. You, of course, have to have an Epcot reservation because this is before park hopping time. You have to have entered a park for the day, but you don't have actually have to be at an Epcot. You could have gone back to your room for a lunch break or something like that. And those virtual queue spots haven't been going in a second or two. They've been lasting sometimes up to a couple of minutes. So you might have some time to, you know, get in there. Of course, there's no guarantees. If the ride breaks down, then, you know, it's possible that your queue position doesn't get called. But, you know, it is hopeful. If you have Epcot for the day, you do get two shots.
1: And if you're staying at a deluxe resort or the Swan and Dolphin and it is a Epcot extended evening hours night, which has traditionally been on Mondays, there is a third virtual queue drop only for those deluxe guests who can go for extended evening hours. And that happens at 6 p.m. And I've heard that one goes pretty well. Also, one last quick tip during the second pre-show. If you want to get straight to the attraction, make sure you stand to the far right of that room. All right, let's do our attraction review and tier. Leslie, where do you have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at?
0: All right, it's a little too soon to tell for me, but I mean, I think this is going to be an S tier attraction for me. I mean, the coaster is really good. They're they're losing a couple of points for confusion and backstory being <laughs> too complicated, but I think that will settle down in time, and I'll I'll figure it out. But. In terms of the ride itself, I thought it was really thrilling. I I was left wanting more. I want to do it many more times. And it's it's unfortunate that my first experience on it was with my son who did not enjoy it. So that kind of shaped a little bit of my experience. But I think it's going to end up being an S tier for me. What about you?
1: Yeah, I have it at A tier just because... For STR attractions, I want to be able to recommend that attraction to like 98% of people. And I just feel like that's just not the case with this attraction. I really love the coaster, but just with the motion sickness issues, and it's not like other attractions that are tier don't have motion sickness issues, but I just don't think Disney has adequately set you up for success. I saw a tweet thread that was saying that just the queue design isn't good enough because you know, rock and Roller Coaster, you see that, that you know that that's going to be an intense attraction because when you see those vehicles launch, like you can tell that's going to be intense. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, you're, you're coming through a museum. So it seems like very chill. And although I loved the ride, it is decidedly not chill when the attraction is going. Um, and so I thought Disney could have done a better job there. And then of course, you know, why are you making us walk up a bunch of steps at the end of the attraction? So it's still a great attraction. I, sh- I feel like most people should give it a go unless you know for sure the motion sickness thing is going to be issue for you. But still, that's an A tier. And if, again, the motion sickness is an issue, don't eat.
0: Fair points all around, Joe. So I'm curious to see where I'm going to shake out on this long term. All right, Joe, well, it's time to close it out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us?
1: So my first quick Disney do is motion sickness related. Like Leslie said, The best thing to do is try to keep your eyes on the track so that you are looking in the direction that you are moving. Um, I found that was really helpful for me. My second Disney don't is... Don't go on this attraction. I guess everything is motion sickness relation related. Don't go on this attraction on a super full stomach or with a bunch of alcohol in you. If you know you can't handle that. If you're generally don't get motion sick or on anything, you know, I feel like the attraction actually reminds me or the worst motion sickness part of the attraction reminds me of one of those carnival rides where you're spinning in circles and looking towards the middle all the time like that's what kind of causes the most issues at least for me so if you can do that kind of attraction on a full stomach then go for it if not don't go on gardens of the galaxy cosmic rewind with a full stomach
0: important points all
1: right well we'd love to hear what your tier rankings for remy's gardens of the galaxy cosmic rewind oh, well, if you've ridden that attraction, let us know this at www deciphered thank you so much everyone for listening other than that leslie thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and i will see you writing gardens of the galaxy half a dozen times to finally figure out what the story is
0: thanks joe